Welcome friends, my name is Emily Kurt and you're listening to the Abundantly Podcast. Have you ever wondered in the pit of grief, under a pile of laundry, or even in the midst of joy whether there is more to life? We know that the same Christ that calls us to deny ourselves and follow Him is the same Jesus that came that we might have life and have it abundantly. Let's take him at his word and know that these are not contradictions, but an invitation to experience his fullness. Join me as we dig into the word of God together and gather real messages of truth and hope to champion you in your everyday life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Abundantly Podcast. Today, I have my friend Rachel Bridges with me. She's a mom, pastor's wife. She's super involved in her local church through discipleship, Operation Christmas Child, and so many other areas. And you can catch weekly devotionals online from her in the show notes. So Rachel, tell us a little bit about you and what ministry in everyday life looks like for you right now. Well, first of all, thank you, Emily, for having me on. This is such a treat. And everyday ministry right now looks a little bit different than it has in the past. So I'm going to kind of backtrack to give a foundation of how our ministry started and then what it looks like now. So we have a very unique story of how our ministry started. So I grew up in this town where we live. Uh, We live in Pampa, Texas, not Tampa, Pampa (laughs) with a P. Um, And so I grew up here. My dad was a pastor here at a local church for almost 25 years, he was a pastor here at this church. And um, so we grew up here. I moved here when I was seven and went to school here, went all the way through high school here. I was the preacher's daughter, pastor's kid at this church where my dad was the pastor. And after high school, I went off to college and got a degree in business, actually. I have a marketing business degree. And after I graduated college in 2013, the school approached me to be a recruiter. So I stayed there for a few years and recruited for the school. And during that time period, I got a call from my mom, who is still here at this church where we moved uh, when we were seven, when I was seven, about they were fixing to hire a single worship pastor. And of course, I was like, Mom, I don't need this in my life right now. My, um, my job is very busy and I'm traveling all over the state of Texas all of the time. There's, I don't need this. Well, I came home for an event and met Stephen Bridges and the rest, I guess you could say is history. But if you remember, my dad was the pastor. And so at the time he had actually switched back into an associate pastor role. He wasn't the lead pastor anymore when Stephen came on as the worship pastor, but their offices were right next door to each other with a little hallway that connected them. And so he had to walk to my dad's office to ask him to merit for his permission to marry me. Anyways, we started dating after I had met him. And, you know, sometimes your mom has good ideas, I guess, and knows you a little bit better than 
than what you think she does. And so, uh, long story short, I moved back to Pampa and I had said I would never move back to Pampa ever again. And so be careful when you say those words that you'll never move back because God might have something planned for you. And so I moved back and I married Stephen and now I'm a staff wife on staff at the church where I grew up as the preacher's daughter. For the first few years of ministry, we uh, we were in it a lot together. I was singing on the worship team. I was supporting him in that way. And then we had our son, Lucas, and things changed a little bit. And sometimes God calls you to take a step back in a season. And that is the season I'm in currently because now he is three. Our son, Lucas, is three. And so I have found myself in a season where I've had to take a step back um, in order to be a mama and First, most he is my ministry now. He is my, mm-hmm. he's what God is calling me to minister to. And so, um, I am not singing on the worship team currently because they have their worship rehearsals are later. But I am, uh, I'm supporting my husband still by being there with him. And when he uh, needs me to run sound or anything like that, I'm with him. I also teach a Bible study. Uh, in a rotation on Monday nights. So there's three of us that lead out in that Bible study. It's a women's Bible study. And so we rotate out. So not one of us is having to do all of the teaching constantly. So it's, it's a rotation. So I'm doing that as well. So that's kind of what our ministry right now is more focused on our son. Uh, but also we are still involved in the local church. And like you said, I, I do volunteer with Operation Christmas Child year round. And, um, I am a liaison between the, uh, uh, the main national offices and the Texas Panhandle. So just if a church needs something in relationship to Operation Christmas Child out here in the Texas Panhandle, I am the one that they're directed to and serve them the best um, to my best ability that they need. So that's kind of what our ministry looks like right now. So uh, still serving out here in the Texas Panhandle, uh, but it's such a neat story of how God uh, brought me back here and um, that I'm getting to serve alongside people that I grew up with and even, you know, people that have uh, moved here recently. So it's beautiful. Your now husband and your dad shared a hallway. I knew that they worked together, but that just makes me smile so much. Like God is so sovereign over little details like that. And that is yes. so much he is. fun. Yes. Uh, and it's a it's a special part of our story now. So and mm-hmm. I love your heart for discipleship and of being a mom and being all in in that and knowing that that is no small thing Mm -hmm. and I am just so blessed by that so tell us a little bit more about your dad and um where life has taken you guys since that time so I will say that I was the typical daddy's girl like I loved my dad and you know when you sit when you say I'm never gonna move back to my hometown or I'm never 
going to do this or that. And then God brings you back to that place where you said you're never going to do it. It's probably going to end up in a blessing because it did for me. Mm-hmm. And so 2015, when I got married to 2019, we got to serve on staff with my dad. So he was still the associate pastor and Stephen was the worship pastor for four years. We got to serve in that capacity with him, which was so special uh, in 2019, in March of 2019, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning to my phone ringing repetitively off the hook uh, from my sister. And she said, dad is having a heart attack. Baby was six months old at the time. And we are in the middle of nowhere, a small town in the middle of nowhere out here in the Texas Canyon. So he ended up having to be life flighted to the nearest city, which is about a, a little over an hour away from us. And so he was having a major heart attack. So they got him over to the next city and uh, we spent 10 days, seven days in the hospital there. Seven days they were going to do bypass surgery on him and his heart. They just said he would not make it through the surgery. Uh, they put, they did some procedures on him there that made him stable in Amarillo. And then they ended up transferring him to a hospital in Dallas from Amarillo. After seven days in Amarillo, uh, they had basically done everything they could in Amarillo. And so they were sending him to a hospital in Dallas. At the hospital in Dallas, he greatly improved. Uh, He was still considered in heart failure, but we were given the prognosis that he would live with heart failure, but he could still be able to live. And, and have somewhat of a normal life. And I'm going to tell you, my dad was tall, skinny, and you wouldn't think he would be the candidate for heart trouble. And so it just, it kind of threw us off for a loop. So they discharged him from the hospital in Dallas after three days of being in the hospital. And then he came home And we had a family dinner that night. He walked in the house. He went straight to his backyard. His backyard was like his haven. (laughs) He worked on cars back there. He was always doing something in his backyard. So he walked straight back there and did a couple of things and came in the house. We had a family dinner. He held my baby. Something prompted me to take a picture of him holding my baby, which I'm so thankful that I took that picture. Mm -hmm. And so the, you know, we left that night, we'd had the best time together, just all of us as a family. And we left that night to come home and I turned around and I said, I'm so thankful you're better. And I love you, dad. And those would be the last words that I would ever say to him because the next morning I got another call from my sister that he had collapsed in her home. And um, at that point was the time that would have been March 20th of 2019. That was the time that the Lord called him home. And so he, uh, you know, 
it didn't make sense at first because I was, you know, the doctors had told us like he was going to be able to live and, you know, have, have somewhat of a life, Mm -hmm. but God's plan is always the best. Even when we don't understand it, it's, it's Mm -hmm. always the best. And so he was taken home to be with our Lord on March 20th of 2019. So, um, that is a, that's a little bit of the story of my dad and uh, just, you know, he left, he was a pastor for 34 years, you know, before being on staff here altogether, 34 years and uh, just lived his life for the Lord and always was teaching us about Jesus and pointing us to him. Mm-hmm. And we would meet for coffee and just have the best conversations about the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I miss that so much. But um, like I said, uh, you know, even when we don't understand what God is doing, he is working for his good. And um, we can have faith in knowing that, you know, sometimes the road he calls us to walk through, even though it's not easy, may be preparing us to help somebody else who's going to come along and walking down that same road. And we can show them and point them to the word and point them back to Jesus and show them the comfort of the, that the Holy Spirit brings. And so um, that's a little bit of that story. Yeah. So what has been some things that you've learned about God the Father through both your your earthly father's presence and mm. the blessing of the relationship with him, but also then in the absence of his earthly relationship. He was so humble. He was the most humble man. Um, and he taught us the humility of Christ. And I saw that through his leadership as a pastor to how he led our home to his time with the Lord, just always so humble. He was also a wise man. He just had that wisdom that came from the Holy Spirit. And he was a slow to speak man. Um, He didn't, you know, he would listen to God first and then speak. And so a lot of people have even said since his uh, passing, you know, he he was a preacher, so he preached from the pulpit. But outside of the pulpit, he didn't say a whole lot. But I've heard people say when Richard spoke, you you listened because it was something, you know, it was a word. And so um, he always just had that wisdom from from the Holy Spirit and taught us about the humbleness about about God's character. So what has been something in his absence that has just drawn you closer to God the Father? Okay, I love this question because it's something that I've been convicted about recently. And it goes back to that wisdom that he had. And some days I just miss talking to him about the Bible. And I miss talking to him about just life things because he would always have point me back to the word about whatever issue I was going through. And I found myself in a real sad spot recently. Like, I just wish he was here. I just wish I could talk to him one more time. 
Um, I wish I could have his wisdom. And I felt God convict me. And he said, Rachel, mm-hmm. I created your, your, your father. I created him. I'm the one that gave him that wisdom. I'm the one that taught him about my word. Come to me. And my dad taught me to go to the father through <laughs> trials and tribulations when he was here on the earth. And so I found myself wanting to run to my earthly father going through the season that I went through recently. But in all honestly, you know, God, the father is the one who created him and gave him those characteristics and gave him that wisdom. So I should be running to him because that is where it came from initially is our father in heaven. So. Yeah. And to remember that we do have that sort of access to the father. Mm -hmm. We do. Really is something that every day just blows my mind and also Mm -hmm. is a huge comfort for our hearts. And whether we're walking through just a hard day or a hard season or a huge grief that you've been walking through, um, Mm -hmm. we get to come to God as if we revere him and Mm -hmm. we, we honor him. But but he comes to us as if, you know, we could go talk to our dad about the Bible over coffee. Mm-hmm. He is yes. also an intimate God. Mm-hmm. So I love that he spoke that into you and that you had the heart to listen. So recently you've been, you touched on this just for a second, that you mm-hmm. had a situation that made you want to run to your earthly father. And that's how you found the comfort ultimately of your heavenly father. So mm-hmm. you and your husband, Stephen, created a beautiful life this year, and mm-hmm. you miscarried. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that, whatever you are comfortable sharing. I just want to say from my end, as your friend, I was just so in awe of your devotion to God during this time, even when it was so, so fresh. So first mm-hmm. of all, thank you for that gift of just um, you're trusting God and as a little sister in the faith of being able mm-hmm. to see that in you. Um, but tell us a little bit more about your experience and just feeling his peace and hope during this just impossible loss. What's to come has really helped me through the season of, you know, lose, just this grief season that I've walked through in general, losing my father and then losing a baby and um, just focusing on what the scripture says about what is to come. And we're all going to be together one day and worshiping Jesus together in heaven. And a scripture that has really been speaking to me through this is Revelation 21, 4. And it says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes Death will no longer exist. Grief, crying, and pain will exist Mm -hmm. no longer because the previous things have passed away. And just focusing on the fact that my dad and the baby that we conceived are standing in the presence of Jesus already because we know if you're absent from the body, you're present with Christ, Mm -hmm. says that in the word. And so from 
just holding on to that they're already standing in the presence of Christ. And one day we're all going to be there together, worshiping him and grief and crying and pain and death will no longer exist. It just, it gives me that hope in that first Thessalonians 4, 13 talks about that we grieve with the hope of what's to come. And I want people who are going through grief to know this one thing. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, hear this one thing that Jesus cares about your grief. Whether you've lost a friend or whether you've lost a child, a living child, whether you've lost a mother, a father, a baby in your womb, whatever type of grief you're walking through, he cares about it. And I think we tend to magnify certain grief as more or harder than other types of grief. But I just want people to know that Jesus cares about your grief in whatever you are walking through at this moment. And he wants you to come to him. And another verse, and I'm going to turn to that in my Bible. I hope that doesn't cause a lot of noise in the background. But I'm going to turn the noise that it causes. That's amazing. I was recording an episode. I was editing, sorry, an episode yesterday. Mm -hmm. And um, the pages were just turning in between Mm -hmm. questions. And I think that is the best gift. Okay. Go for it. Perfect. So <laughs> Hebrews, another verse that I really clung to is Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tested in every way as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the proper time. And so Jesus knows our grief. He knew grief when he was on the earth mm-hmm. and he wants us to come to his throne and approach his throne with boldness and lay that at his feet because he cares about whatever grief you are walking through. And I don't want you to think that whoever's listening, that your grief is small compared to someone else's because in Jesus eyes, it's the same. And he wants you to come to him and bring that grief to his feet. I love that he asks us to come to him. Not only does he permit it, not only does he tolerate it, but he asks us to Mm -hmm. come to him. Yes. A few things that I was thinking of as you were talking about that Revelation 21 passage and Mm -hmm. how he will take away our tears and all grief and all death Mm -hmm. and that he never wanted us to experience the impacts of sin and that he wanted us to experience that wholeness and Mm -hmm. that even when we meaning Adam and Eve way back in the garden even when we chose a different way he still Mm -hmm. has made a way for us to come back to that place of wholeness and of complete healing um yes and that is the beauty of him that you know he could have just left us in the consequence of sin you know that's really what we deserve but Mm -hmm. through jesus and you know sending his son to Mm -hmm. die on the cross and defeat sin and rise again three days later 
defeating death, that he made that way for us to have eternity, not just together, but with him, worshiping him, but to experience the resurrection life with him one day and to uh, glorify him in eternity through our worship. So, yeah. And the amazing thing about Christ's work on the cross and through his resurrection is that he gets to be with us in the grief and he will also deliver us from the grief. I love the hope of Revelation 21 and knowing that someday it's all going to be gone, but it's also such a gift for the listener today to know that not only will that happen someday, but he's with it. He's with you in it right now. Yes. Because of what happened on the cross. And yes. Such mm-hmm. a hope. I think of Jesus. He was praying in the garden before before he knew he would be arrested in Matthew 26, 38. And he said to them, meaning his disciples, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Mm-hmm. And this quote from The Wounded Healer by Henry Nowen says, it is an act of discipleship in which we follow the hard road of Christ who entered death with nothing but bare hope. Mm -hmm. That is so good. I love that. So as a stay-at-home mom, you've walked through a lot of seasons of grief, of loss, Mm -hmm. but also of incredible hope. So how... How is that impacting your daily ministry now in the legacy you're leaving for Lucas and the family culture you're building in the local church, all of that? Mm-hmm. How, how is what you have walked through impacting your days? One thing I want my son to know is the word and to just know it in and out. And so I have... My dad, he didn't leave us a lot. He, he left us a lot of books. He, you know, he was a pastor, but he, he was always pointing us to the word. And from that, I want to leave journals for my son about what I have learned in the word. And I've started writing and underlining notes in my Bible. Mm-hmm. I bought a journaling Bible and it's specifically for Lucas when he gets mm-hmm. older. And so just, I just want him, I want to disciple him and I want him to know how to study God's word. One thing my dad said one time, and it stuck with me all these years, he said it in a sermon he was preaching. God didn't have to give us his word, but he did. Mm-hmm. And we get to read it. And so I, just I pray with all my heart that Lucas will have that love for the Lord and desire to seek him through his word and I'm and I try to model that I fail there are days that I fail but I try to model that as best I can through motherhood and through staying home with him and you know, just making up songs about scripture, singing songs about scripture, or just incorporating scripture into our everyday task. And we're trying to learn a memory verse together, a little short one. And so just things like that. I'm just trying 
my best to show him that the word of God is number one, how we connect with, you know, our father. Mm-hmm. And um, number two, a guide for us, you know, it says the word is a lamp into your feet and a light into your path. And so um, just trying to show him and point him back to the word in everything that we do. For the listener today who may be going through a lot of grief, may have gone through it in the past, but is still mm-hmm. sifting through just the remnants of that, what's one way that you want to challenge listeners to live abundantly even here? What's a way that they can connect with the Father even in their grief? I want listeners to know that it is okay to grieve. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have days where it's just hard to do a lot or to do anything, honestly. It's a lot healthier if you actually do grieve. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because there, and I kind of did that to myself. I was trying to take care of everybody else after my dad died and I didn't necessarily grieve in the beginning. And I've had a lot of emotional and physical it's, it's coming out or it came out, you know? And so I want people to know that it is okay to grieve. Mm -hmm. And however, I don't, God doesn't want us to just stay in that spot, but to remember that we grieve with hope Mm -hmm. that we grieve in a different way than the world grieves. And we grieve with the hope of Christ and to know And he comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And so he, you know, we grieve, we grieve with hope, we come to his word, we receive his comfort, and then ourselves in turn are going to be able to go out and comfort those who are walking through a grief situation. And that's how we get to live abundantly through grief for him is when we realize that we can show others who are walking through a similar situation. This is how God helped me through it. Yeah, I still have days where it's hard and where I miss my loved one. I miss my dad so much. There's not a day that goes by that I don't miss my dad. There's not a day that goes by. Right now, I would be about six months pregnant. I would have a big belly if we had still, um, if we had been able to carry that child. And I was thinking about that yesterday, actually, and about how, you know, I would be getting close to the end of a pregnancy and just thinking about how, you know, I miss that. I do miss that baby. I miss getting to know if it was a boy or a girl or just getting to know the personality of that child, you know, but I can live abundantly in knowing that Christ fulfills me more than my dad, more than a child, more than anything in this life. Mm-hmm. And that I can share his hope with somebody who is also walking through a similar situation. So number one, I would say, make sure mm-hmm. that you're in that space where you can receive comfort from the father. And that's going to yeah. be 
that's going to be in an uncomfortable place to it is and I also want to talk to the church as a whole for a second like as responding to grief because we do have um are responding to those who are walking through grief the situation the word in Romans 12 15 says to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep grief doesn't just end you know after a week or after the funeral or after you know that it, it just it it does stay with the person and so to be the hands and feet of Christ and to be there for people not just a few days after the initial tragedy of something that has happened in their life but even months or years down the road to remember to check on those people who have lost somebody or who are walking through some sort of grief uh, that is another way to to be his hands and feet and to show his love is to just check in on people and to um, let them know that you are you know rejoicing with them when they rejoice but you're also weeping with them when they weep and so uh, I love that verse in Romans yeah I think we're Mm -hmm. really good at comparing with those that are rejoicing Mm -hmm. and we're really good at judging those who are weeping Mm-hmm. um and yes I so desire for that picture of the church that you just laid out for us mm-hmm. to, be, to be how we react and to be our first mm-hmm. response because we know yes. the comfort of our father mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. thank you so much for sharing your story with us you're uh, welcome hope with us thank you for giving me the opportunity would you pray over us, pray over the woman that might be walking through grief right now and mm-hmm. just pray hope over the situations in, mm-hmm. in listeners' hearts right now? I will. Father, I just thank you so much for your son and for sending him, Lord, and that he defeated death, ultimately, God. And I thank you that you have made a way where one day, like your word says, death and grief and pain and crying will exist no more. And God, we long for that day and we look forward to that day, Father. But I pray that in the meantime, Father, that we would remember to be your hands and feet, that we would bring the gospel to somebody who is walking through grief, Father, that we would be a comfort to somebody who already knows you that is walking through grief, Father. And God, I pray for the woman out there that is listening to this podcast who is walking through a grief situation. I pray that you would comfort her with a peace that only comes from you today, God. God, I thank you for that peace and comfort, Father, that we get from you and from your Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that we would live abundantly for you. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful that you took the time to listen to the Abundantly podcast. My prayer is that you have found encouragement for your day ahead. And if so, subscribe, share on Instagram, and text it to a friend so that more and more women press into all that Christ has for them. You can connect with me more on Instagram at Emily K. Kurt, and I would love to see you there. 
now you get to go abiding in Christ and living into your eternity-sized mission. Let the words of Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 close us out and commission you on your way. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.